KG. And this is not safe for network. Get in there, you big boy. Oh, I don't care what you smell. Oh my God, this girl's really turning me on. I, I didn't quite get that. Think it again. Forget I thought it. It's a pressure valve. It won't open unless there's tremendous pressure. Oh, no, not the bees! Monta. Not the bees! Monta. Ah! I love my eyes! Monta. Montucky Skies. Welcome to Montucky Skies. I'm Biggs. And I'm Brandon. So what have you been up to, Brandon? Oh, not too much. Just enjoying the Father's Day. Oh, yeah, yeah. How was your Father's Day? What'd you do? Oh, worked on my wife's truck for a little bit and then went over to White Sulphur Springs and sat in a really hot pool for a few hours. Nice. Nice. I came home from Father's Day and uh, River had cleaned like a bunch of the house for me, like stuff that I always do. It was so nice. That's nice. Yeah, it actually like, really touched me. And my daughter had, uh, she, <laughs> she had like made a Father's Day gift for me in school. And so she'd ask me every four or five days after school got out, is it Father's Day yet? <laughs> she was like dying to try and give it to me, so... It was really cool. She like drew it in this big folder that held stuff, and I don't know. It was pretty cool. It's pretty touching. I'm finally at that age where like my daughter's bringing home stuff that she made for me at school. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get any of that. I got a Deadpool shirt. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty sweet too. (laughs) It was pretty nice. Yeah, I mean, I'd imagine they're kind of at the grade where they're not really making too much stuff for you at this point, right? At least not Shannon. Yeah, definitely not Shannon. Yeah. That's not, I mean, not that she's ungrateful or anything. Just like, I feel like. They don't do that sort of thing in school anymore. No. (laughs) You're not like an art class at like high school and they're like, okay, we're going to make Mother's Day gifts today. (laughs) Like, that's not a thing that's going to happen. Look, Dad, it's an ashtray. (laughs) (laughs) I made my grandparents an ashtray when I was in seventh grade. (laughs) I love that they like incorporated smoking into school. I was doomed, dude. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was absolutely doomed. They were teaching us how to make ashtrays. That's crazy. I remember like had this big plastic flat disc and then somehow we heated it up and like bent it. So it was that ugly, like kind of wavy shape on the ends. Yeah. And my grandma proclaimed that she loved it and used it all the time. Um, I don't know if she loved it or not, though. I looked at it later, and I was like, that thing is ugly. <laughs> and then, like, I gave my dad a sign that said the smalls, and I, like, it, like, it was a wood-burning thing, and it was not very good. I mean, like, when I look at it, the letters and stuff were all off, and I wasn't very good at carving it out. And then, like, I think he was trying to be nice, but he gave it to me, like, like as an adult, like, here, now you can use it for your family. And I'm thinking, like, A, there's no way I'd use that horrendous thing and be like, hurt my feelings just a tad that he gave it back. (laughs) He gave it back. (laughs) Which is sad because that's, like, 17 years later. Like, there's no reason to have, like, hurt feelings. You know what I mean? (laughs) I don't know what I'd do with it, but I did not like that sign. Like, in fact... When he used it, which he did use it for a while, like I was always embarrassed when I saw it because I knew it was like not good. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's like the worst thing you can do is give your parents an awful gift that they have to keep in perpetuity. <laughs> <laughs> 
for me. I love it when my kids do it for me, though. <laughs> Not that they would have. Okay, I'm just going to shut up. <laughs> I'm like talking myself in a hole here. The uh, It was interesting because there was a little t- part of me that wishes I had more time over by White Sulphur Springs. Because there was only 10 miles away from the town of Ringling, Montana. Ah, broaching the subject we hit last week. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I just want to get home. <laughs> yeah. Didn't have time to like go and take the goofy picture of the beer cans that are now, what did we establish? Like 80 years old or whatever. What was it? 27? What was it? 40, 67 years old. All right, 67 pile, 67 year old pile of beer cans. You probably have to know where that pile of beer cans is, right? It's probably by the bar. I'm sure it's next outside. to the bar. Like, well, Ringling, I've been there once. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a bar. I know there's a post office. And I think that's about it. Yeah. Yeah, those are the kind of towns I tend to avoid. What's even worse is when they don't have a bar, and you're just like, oh, my God, it's just a post office. There's nothing for me to do here. <laughs> yeah, for people outside of Montana, there's there's some small towns in Montana. Yeah. Um, I think the smallest one I've ever been to was uh, Nye, Montana. It's south of uh, Columbus. Uh-huh. And I was born in Columbus. Really? Yeah, there's a hospital there. And uh, for whatever reason, for my parents' insurance, they had to have the baby in Columbus. So a guy named Dr. Exley delivered me in Columbus, Montana, when they lived in Billings. That's actually a little drive for from Billings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it is. Because it's probably 45 minutes or more. Yeah, there's nothing like jumping in the car. Come on, honey. I know your water just broke. We're going to go drive 45 minutes to the hospital because it'll save us some money. (laughs) And I swear, every time I've been through there, there's like a big car, like interstate pileup. Oh. Like I've been stuck for like hours in like outside of Columbus. I really hope my mom didn't like have to stop in the middle of like a traffic jam and get out and walk to the hospital. <laughs> She'll tell you she did. <laughs> yeah. That is definitely one story I've never heard. That could have led to my parents' divorce. I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, they were kids in their early 20s, so you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Right? God, I can't even imagine having a kid that early. How old were you when you had Shannon? 23. Yeah. That seems really young to me, but then 20 and 21, that's like, I think 20 to 23 is like a quantum leap. I mean, I could be wrong. You still don't know shit at 23, but like, (laughs) yeah, not at all. But like, you know, way less shit from like 20 to 23 and then like 17 to 20. That's like a huge leap too. Yeah. Like every three years until... Yeah, probably like your late twenties, and then I just feel like you maybe level off a bit. Yeah, it's not quite so steep a curve there. Yeah, yeah. Then it's just wisdom slowly seeping in. I think. Yeah. So, anyways, the little town of Nye, Montana. the The only thing memorable about the town of Nye, Montana, is it says you are exiting and leaving on the same side of the sign. <laughs> wow. 
I thought you were going to say birthplace of Bill Nye. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's because it was as ridiculous as it sounded in my head. <laughs> so uh, I was looking at Facebook a little bit before you came over, and uh, I started doing some research. So they uncovered a bunch of documents from uh, 2004, like all the legal stuff for uh, Michael Jackson when they raided the Neverland Ranch. So this is the thing. I feel weird about this because first off, let me just say I only got through three quarters of them. I didn't get to read them all because those documents, they repeat the same thing over and over again. So you can you can get through them pretty fast. But like the headline was talking about how uh, they found stacks of child pornography and animal. Um, I think it was like animal pornography too. And then like all the sadomasochist stuff and like that it's really like an ugly picture the way that they like paint it and then when i'm sitting there looking through it it's like he had stacks of pornography and then he had a couple of books with like kids that were naked and like i guess tasteful photographs and it's like it's one of those things when you take like the whole thing into account it's like, yeah, the dude was obviously up to something because nobody like has that many books of like kids that are naked, you know? Yeah. But it wasn't what like every single thing that they put up said like this would not be considered child pornography. But w- this is the phrase I kept using over and over again uh, would be used as a primer to coalesce minors into like deviant acts. I guess <laughs> they didn't actually say deviant, but um and so it's like, and I'm sure, I'm sure, like that that's exactly what it was. But it's not, it's not what the clickbait led me to. Which, like, I went to the source, like I found the breaking source, and then I ignored the article, the breaking source, after like three paragraphs, and actually read the core documents because I'm like, they're not, they're gonna sensationalize the fuck out of this, right? Yeah. And I noticed that right away because there's a video. And I'm like, oh fuck, there's a video. Wow. And so like I look at the video and it shows the cops walking around. They don't find anything, dude. Like they're walking around like looking at stuff. They don't find a single thing in that video. Like there was no point in having a video on that link. That's my drunk neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. So I just like I'm tired of the sensationalized like headlines. Like even when he's dead, they're still like over sensationalizing everything. He was a creep and we all know it, but stop leading us to believe that there was like stacks of child pornography because there wasn't. And if there was, wouldn't that lead to a whole trail of people? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, he was like creepy dude who was getting a hold of anything he could legally because he probably didn't know any illegal means to get that stuff. And if he did, they would be uncovering a lot of people, I would think, you know? People would have gone down after that court case if they... I would think so. Yeah, if they found, like, stacks of child pornography, like, people would have gone down, I think. Like, I, at that point, it stops just being a civil matter, and it, it becomes, like, the state... The criminal, yeah. charges, yeah. So it's... I don't know. <clears throat> He's still a creep. I didn't change my <laughs> mind on that at all. No, it would take a lot to change your mind on that. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, I remember when I was a kid, uh, the one thing I clung to the first time he was in court, like I didn't believe it. And I was like, this was just me being like a fucking stupid kid who liked Michael Jackson. And like, just, I I really felt at the time, now keep in mind, I'm like in middle school, I want to say. 
maybe, maybe grade school. But uh, when they first uncovered that stuff, I was like, the parents had dropped the case and done a settlement out of court. And so I was like, oh, I, I remember the thing I used to say all the time is like, if he really did that, like, don't you think the parents would fight it all the way to the end? Like they went settled out of court. That's me being so fucking naive. Like that <laughs> money, is the money words, talks a yeah, lot. That is the words of a child who has not been broken by the world. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, dude fucking did it. I'm pretty sure of that. You know, he got away with it because he was very rich. And I, I think that's the end of that. But there was also so much stupid stuff that was in that evidence that they put in. And you're like, why are you putting this in? Like one of them was like he had an autograph picture of Macaulay Culkin that says something like, here's to you, you stupid poop head or something like that. And like signed it. And it's just like, why are you wasting like documents putting that up? Like I suppose they're trying to establish relationships with kids. But he has an amusement park. Doesn't that do it already? Yeah. And everybody knew, like, he was in a Michael Jackson video. It's not like people didn't know that he had a relationship with Michael Jackson. Like, an autographed picture that calls him a poop head does not, like, prove anything. I'm just saying, stop wasting my time with stuff that leads me down dead ends. Yeah. Give me the smoking gun or stop pretending like there's a smoking gun. The fact of the matter is he got away with it because there wasn't a smoking gun, it seems like, when I'm looking through it, you know? Yeah. Or if there was a smoking gun, he paid off somebody. (laughs) That gun didn't smoke. I don't know. Anyway, so that was uncomfortable. That's how I spent the last 45 minutes before he knocked on the door, just trying to find anything that substantiated the clickbait I clicked on. So So how about uh, those Cavaliers? Yeah. So that was what I did on Father's Day. Um, Not realizing it was Father's Day, like a few days earlier, I told my wife, I was like, look, I saw most of the finals, but I missed a couple of games. Like, I can't miss this game. This is probably the biggest NBA game ever. Like, I'm like, I cannot miss this game. It's going to be history no matter who wins. She's like, okay, like not really. And then like, and then she's like, so what do you want to do tonight? And I was like, I want to watch that game like I talked about. And she like tightens for a second. And I'm like, and remember, it's Father's Day. I get to watch it. And she goes, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and then my daughter is like smart to jump on what I've been. I've been building to this. Like I've been trying to get her to watch more basketball. And so the way I do it is like I let her stay up late to watch it if it's not a school night. Yeah. If she just watches the game, she has to sit down and watch the game with me. So uh, she sat down and watched the game with me. And at the, at the end, you know, LeBron fell to the floor and started crying. And she goes, why is he crying, daddy? And I go, he's crying because he's so happy. And she goes, I don't ever want to be that happy. That looks really sad. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I enjoyed that. But congratulations, Cleveland. I'm not just talking the Cavs, like just the to whole Cleveland. city of Cleveland. Yeah, you finally shook you your... that one. So who is who is the biggest loser now? Like you... Boston shook it long ago with the Red Sox. I know which they th- were I... never really a losing city. It was just the Red Sox. Yeah, you know? I know the answer to this one. Who is it? Is it Seattle? No, no. Right coast. Hmm. Sacramento. No. What is Sacramento one? Well. But they really only have basketball, right? Do yeah. they have anything else? Uh, I think that's all they yeah, have. They don't really qualify then. And they're close to the Bay Area. Hmm. 
I'm not sure who. San Diego. San Diego. I'm trying to go back. Did they win any ABA championships? <laughs> <laughs> I have one of their jerseys. Whatever. I, I don't think they've won. ever won anything. Yeah, the Chargers certainly haven't. Is it the Padres? The I don't think the Padres. Have yeah, the Padres. I don't think have won anything. There's probably a baseball fan screaming at us right they now. They may have won something, but it's been a long time. Yeah. Um, let's see. So that's football, baseball. Do they have a hockey team? That's a big blind spot. I don't I have think no so. No idea. Okay, no hockey team. Do they have? They don't have a. They don't have a ball team, do they? A what? Basketball team. San Diego? Yeah. No, that's why I was trying to think of the ABA championship. <laughs> yeah, they definitely don't have one. I don't know if they quite, I mean, maybe. I don't think they quite qualify. Well, that they was. They do for football, but. That was just the uh, article I, the headline I read was, San Diego is now the, the biggest standing loser. <laughs> <laughs> Whale's vagina. <laughs> <laughs> and yet I'd still love to live there. I've heard the weather is absolutely perfect all year round. Yeah. It's not even like Los Angeles where it can get a, a little bit too hot at times and a little bit, just a little bit chilly, like not heavenly when I've heard. But San Diego, holy fuck. Apparently it's like 72 degrees in your head all day long. Stay classy. You just got to quote Anchorman from now on. <laughs> I got one. Why don't you go back to your home on Whore Island? <laughs> That's my favorite Anchorman quote right there. So you said you were doing some research for today? You are trying to figure out something with Lord of the Rings? Did you ever find anything you are looking for? No, I never did find it. What were you trying to prove? Or is this something you might be able to... I was curious to... Uh... I was trying to compare the battle scenes in uh, the Lord of the Ring movies. With, oh, with, uh, with Game, Game of, of Thrones? Thrones, the Battle of the Bastards. That's weird that I knew exactly what you're leading at as soon as you said that. God, that was a fucking great episode. <sighs> I don't. It was one of those episodes. I don't think I breathed through the entire thing. Like just maybe like a minute or two between the two battles, different battles. But that was about it. Yeah, I guess that's good. She got Littlefinger for now. It's going to suck later. <laughs> you can already tell because on the commercial, she's like, what do you want? And he goes, you know what I want. Like, and it's like, oh, that's not good. That's gonna not stick good. that Littlefinger right up you. <laughs> oh, Littlefinger, I hate you. <laughs> I mean, I love the character. Don't get me wrong. He looks like my a younger version of my Uncle Donnell <laughs> with like a crazy accent that I can't place. But uh, <laughs> my Uncle Donnell will never hear this, so it doesn't matter. But he does. He fucking it looks like my Uncle Donnell in the 80s. If you I just, could see that. Yeah. Like if I'm like age progressing and backwards. Like, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. could see that. If you like put him in chain mail <laughs> or whatever. A tunic. A tunic, yeah. I was, good, I was about to fix that. He clearly wasn't wearing chain mail. But I, you know, it was really funny. I was watching that with my wife. Um, because we're sitting there watching it, and and all of a sudden, my like Jon Snow just starts beating the living shit out of um, out of uh, Ramsey. Ramsey, 
And I was just about to yell, not like you're going too fast with the beat down. And then she was like, no, that's too quick. <laughs> and I was just like laughing. And I started laughing. She's like, was that an awful thing I just said? I was like, oh yeah, but I was going to say it too. I was like, what do you think they should do? Like, And I, I was like, release the hounds. <laughs> And that's exactly what they did. I loved it. Got eaten by his own dogs. That's a perfect ending. Yeah. So now I want to look at what George R.R. R. Martin is doing here. Because, I mean, he is the author, right? I mean, these are all yeah. these are still stories from his head, even if he's not and writing the episodes. He, he's not directly writing the episodes, but he's basically giving them, like, signposts. Right. So... If this is what what's happening, like uh, these are all tropes that are basically happening, right? I mean, essentially, like you're getting like the battle, like the all the soldiers swoop in at the most dramatic second to save the battle, like you know, like Jon Snow, he's like outnumbered. And any other time in the show before this season, if they swept in and they were outnumbered in a battle, they lose and yeah. they lose badly and they get slaughtered, like horribly, right? I mean, it's just, I, I'm sitting there looking at it and he's hitting like all these tropes now. I mean, like, it seems like uh, area, area like got off scot-free with the assassins and like Sansa suddenly like got her groove back and stuff. And she's like, she doesn't know military strategy, but she, she makes it happen at the end. And like all this stuff is happening. That's like typical fantasy tropes, which was what he's always subverting. Like he's always subverting that stuff. So what I ask you is for the story to feel, um, to feel, how can I put it? Um, fulfilling. Do you have to throw in those tropes at the end to make it a good story? Or is it that he built all of these tropes and tore them down at the beginning so that when he pays them off later, you just don't expect it? I don't quite think that's, I mean, it's sort of like that, but what I see it, what he's trying to do is disorient you so much throughout the show that you're not quite sure what's going to happen. Cause like I'm watching it and I'm thinking Jon Snow is fucked. Yeah. Oh <laughs> like, yeah, me too. Straight up fucked. And, and there's that one moment where I thought he had a little bit of hope when he was like when he was challenging Ramsey, like like the, full on because I'm like like one on one because I'm like that's kind of smart he could have the the military turn on him, and then that doesn't happen and I'm like oh yeah this is Game of Thrones yeah <laughs> no easy solutions you know uh, it's it's always gonna be it's usually the rough answer is the correct one in Game of Thrones and but I think he's throwing the the typical throat or tropes in at the end so you don't hate it in retrospect yeah could be um, so it, because it is the same ulti- thing. It ultimately it falls apart if you don't ultimately you in. don't I mean when it's all said and done, I don't think George R. R. Martin wants you to hate the story. Like everything you expect to happen, like doesn't happen. And you just get so disenfranchised from it that by the end of it, you're like, have this like 
horrible taste in your mouth and you don't want to revisit it. Which is ironic because like with all those terrible things that happened before, I still loved the show. Like I absolutely loved it. But when you're taking it in the context now with seven seasons, if you're doing it like a classic structure, you know, like they set up everything in the first season and then all of a sudden you get the rising action. It just keeps happening to that peak. And then it's like falling action and then stuff is like starting to like sort out and become normal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it seems like it's following the classic structure. So the way he wrote it is really brilliant, I think, because he's not doing anything revolutionary, but he really has, like you said, put everybody off balance enough to where when these tropes pay off, you're like, really? Like you're just surprised. Like you're pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Like that battle in any other person's hands, if they had done that show, I just feel like it, you know, you would know Jon Snow's going to march in and kick ass and you're not, there's no suspense because yeah, you know it, that it the, wouldn't have felt as real. Yeah. There were no stakes. And there wasn't any, like, that whole battle scene was just visceral. I mean, there was. I mean, I was watching some of the breakdowns of some of the stuff they shot. There was one scene where was right where uh, he gets off his horse, like after Rickon dies, and like is charging the <laughs> whole uh, Bolton army. And you're like, "Oh, he's fucked." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and there was a. It was a one. Well, it was shot as one continuous shot you could like if you really break down there's like horses that cross in front of the screen and that's where they do the cuts right but it follows the one character for over 60 seconds it's really weird because there was that kind of martin scorsese thing where like every movie does he has that tremendous one shot and you just like admire it when you see it but now they're finding ways to like fake the one shot and things and it's still just an enjoyable. Even if you know, if, even if you can figure out where the edit points are, it's still fun to watch. Like the one shot, you know. Yeah. Even if it's not real, but. But I mean, it was. I thought it was really interesting watching it just visually because that one sixty-second shot that they they had worked on blocking for that shot for like two weeks just for that one shot so something i'm now noticing when i when i'm sitting there taking in everything okay so the ramses are no more you've got the starks back on top in the north correct yep okay the white banners are flying over winterfell yep <laughs> you've got um you've got Cer- uh seriously or not seriously uh the lannisters are in charge in westeros right yeah Okay. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> Them and the church are duking it out right now, right? The High Sparrow's got a lot more power there. Hmm. For now. We'll see. We'll see how the wildfire takes effect. We'll see it with that golem. Holy fuck, dude. But, um, so now in the south you have, I guess, like those assassin ladies are in charge now. Is that what we can assume? I don't care. That we're care. in the family? <laughs> Well, it's important to my point. Okay. Yeah, it's the the cousins or whatever of the the people that were in charge. And then with uh with obviously like the queen uh 
the Queen of Dragons winning that battle, and then she's helping out, you know, Theon and his sister. So they're probably going to win. So I could see like this total alliance happening with everybody but the Lannisters. And even the Lannisters, you could sort of make a case for just because Tywin and Jamie are still tight. You know what I mean? Like they are brothers and like they do care for each other. Yeah. So when you take this all into effect, I feel like they've totally laid the groundwork for the White Walkers in the last season now. So do you have you um heard about the um the theory that um Jon Snow is the Rhaegar boy? What do you mean? He's the son of John or uh one of the Starks and Rhaegar uh Oh, Targaryen. Oh, yeah, I heard something about that. I guess I haven't spent too much so, time thinking about it. The way this theory works is that because the visions that Bran was having of uh, Ned Stark like outside of that keep and they don't tell what's going inside that keep, um, that basically the that Rhaegar Targaryen was giving birth to Jon Snow. And he and Ned Stark hid Jon Snow, gave him a bastard name. Oh. So that nobody knew who he was. Which could explain why the the wife permitted it. Right? Like the wife permitted him living with them and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And she never looked at him unkindly or anything. That does that does make a lot of sense. And so basically the thought is that Jon Snow and uh, Queen of Dragons basically rule the Seven Kingdom together. Yeah, that could be. Fire and ice, my friend. Fire <laughs> and ice. It makes sense. And that's where the fire and ice comes from. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That makes total sense. So, I'm interested to see where that's going. I think, I think Cersei Lannister is going to blow up King's Landing. She's crazy enough mm. to try it, and I hope Jamie like puts a sword through her if she tries it, though. <laughs> <laughs> Just mirrors what happens with the previous with her dad. King. Yeah, they'll <laughs> or, they'll then call her the Queen Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> that would. Yo, that could be really interesting, like if it came down to that, because Jamie's really in love with Cersei. Like, like he had her. that whole exposition <laughs> in the last I episode. I know. About like the he would before. like kill everybody and everything to get back to his sister. <laughs> yeah, what if they had a scene where like he like ran her through at the sword and she looked shocked and she said, But I love you and he goes Gross, you're my sister. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it just finally dawns on him after, like, however many children they've had. Ew. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's weird reading, because I've been reading a lot of uh, fan theory stuff online about Game of Thrones. 
<laughs> the other one that they've alluded to is like because originally the Mad King like stashed wildfire. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the, and they, they even talked about. Yeah, it they again. talked about it. They've in, talked about the last two or three episodes. They've they've alluded to it. Yeah. So it's definitely they've been bringing it up over and over again for a reason. You know, like it was in one of those visions with Bran, right? Like he sees the, I think he saw the, because okay, he saw I the sh- slaying of the Mad King. Yeah. And saw all the, the pots filled with uh, kerosene or whatever. The wildfire. Like, yeah, the wildfire like laid out. And yeah, all that stuff is there. Um, well, they've been talking about the wildfire. It's clear since the uh, the Battle of Blackwater. But I mean, they've been emphasizing it lately. Yeah, they which have. Been. Tells me they're gonna do something with it, you know. And I think it's going to be spectacular because the director that did this last episode, he also did the Battle of uh, Hardhome last season. Okay, with the White Walkers. Yeah. And so he's done that, that episode. That was probably my favorite episode. That was a great episode. Yeah, I'm so looking forward to this White Walker battle. Because they have the... I wanted it earlier, but I'm very satisfied that it's still ahead of me, I guess. Like, knowing yeah. that it's there and it's coming. Yeah, so this director... Winter's coming, Brandon. <laughs> Winter's coming. This director did Hard Home, The Battle of the Bastards, and the next episode. Yeah, solid dude. So shit's going to... I think shit's going to happen. Yeah. Oh, another show on HBO I'm looking forward to. On Wednesday, tomorrow, today when this podcast drops, uh, Bill Simmons is doing his Any Given Wednesday show on HBO. I have no idea what he's going to do for it. I'm so looking forward to it. I cannot wait. Interesting. Bill Simmons entertains the shit out of me. He's just fine. And like, I just found out River had like watched three or four of the 30 for 30s and enjoyed them. They had, have you ever watched any of those? I have. Yeah. Okay. So she watched two of them in school for really? various reasons. Yeah. So in her social studies class, they watched the two Escobars, which totally makes sense. Have you seen that one? I haven't seen that one. It's so what's good. The, what's that one about? So it talks about Pablo Escobar's rise. And uh, it's for those who don't know, maybe too young to remember or be alive, <laughs> I suppose, nah. um, he, he was like the biggest, he ran the biggest cartel in the world. And uh, he sponsored a soccer team. And all these soccer teams were like very political that happened in South America. But he, he like ran the soccer team. And I think they won the World Cup. I think they won the World Cup. But like... They're under pressure like this one dude like missed a kick. So now he's got to worry about getting killed. And he got killed like basically for missing a penalty kick to win a game. And it's just like like the insane pressure that those players were under. Um, it's really, really interesting. But it, it talks a lot about, you know, uh, Colombia and like Escobar, Escobar's rise. So when she said she saw it in social study. My first reaction was like, oh, really? And then I started thinking about it. It's like, yeah, that makes sense. Because that talks so much about Colombia and like the drug war that America's had with it. Yeah. And like all this history. It totally makes sense. Like soccer is just like 
that was a way to get it on ESPN almost. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, it's just a different angle into this story, but they really dive deep into it. And uh, I was also watching a show that totally holds up, uh, The Wonder Years. <laughs> I was watching The Wonder Years with the kids I could today. see that one holding up because it is of a time, but it's not so much dated. Yeah. It's weird because I did have that, that like... I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, the year in the show right now is 1967. I think this episode premiered in like 1987. So it was like about my dad, which premiered when I was a kid. And now like my kids can watch it and enjoy it. Like that's, that's a pretty well done show. But I had a horrifying moment when I realized I've become the dad in the wonder years. Dude, I am the dad in the wonder years. Like, it didn't occur to me until I was watching this one where they want to get a color TV for Christmas. And he's just like, I want a color TV too, more than any man alive. It doesn't change the fact that who knows how much they cost. You know, and like, the, like Kevin's like, $489, $449 on sale. <laughs> like, he totally no surprise, but. I was like, oh my God, the stuff he's like yelling about and the way he just looks and just kind of grunts and shakes his head and walks away all the time. Like when I was a kid, he seemed like slightly like scary when I was watching the show. When I watch it now, I'm like, no, I totally know where he's coming from. Like every single thing that he has to fucking deal with. I'm like, oh yeah, that's bad. Like when you're watching his teenage daughter, she just needles him, man. <laughs> like the the one who uh, who's a hippie, uh, Karen. Like she just fucking needles him the entire show, and he just sits there and like that's the only time he screams and stuff is when he's dealing with her because she just drives him fucking crazy. <laughs> and I could just identify with so much of this stuff, like. I don't know. He's not as grumpy as I thought. He, no, no, he's totally grumpy, but like it's just you, you, you understand, understand the justification a lot more. I hate this shit, dude. Like I, <laughs> this is like when I had that revelation, it's not as bad, but when I had the revelation that I like identify with the principal in the breakfast club, <laughs> just like, God damn. But that was a turning point for me when I realized that I realized I was getting too grouchy. And so I started looking at it and now I feel like I'm more like the janitor in the breakfast club. Like he's just like, you know, like, yeah, they're punks, but they've always been punks. Like kids haven't changed. You have. And I'm like, I'm realizing that that's more true. So oh, the kids are definitely the same. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm more the janitor, but there's a while where I was like identifying with the principal. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a good place to be. Like, I can understand why the principal gets outraged at a lot of parts. Like, the kids are fucking punks, dude. <laughs> Do you imagine dealing with that for 30 years? Oh, man. I couldn't imagine being the teacher, the high school teacher for that long. Yeah. No. <laughs> I don't think I could deal with it. Could you imagine being the vice principal at Helena High right now when, like, you're basically being thrown out in national articles for sexism? Well, it's, no, it's the... Uh, Full principal. The I thought it was tennis. Isn't he the vice no, principal? No, he's the principal. Oh. I thought he was a vice principal. I don't know. I've talked to him on the phone once. Uh, I, I'm not going to share that on the, here. But. The, uh, all I just know because I... Well, he was my um, chemistry teacher when I was going What did you think about him as a teacher? I loved him as a teacher because, well... 
he I had two classes with him. I had chemistry and then I had science seminar with him. And he's the one that took us out to Seattle and along the coast and did all that. Which Made is sure to put it during the prom. <laughs> which <laughs> like thinking back was really funny because his uh, wife was very pregnant at the time we took the seminar trip. And he planned it? Well, it's like a yearly thing that this class does. Oh, okay. So it wasn't like... So, I mean, it just just happens. So she was like due to pop any day. And he still went? And he still went, but he was like on the phone calling her like 24-7, like... I, I guess I got I, no room to talk. I think she was, uh, I think she had the baby two weeks after we got back. And that kid just graduated high school. He was the star quarterback at Helena High last season. Wow. I'm like, oh. Just in case he didn't make me feel old enough. <laughs> like, yeah, he just graduated high school. Uh that's entertaining. <laughs> so for those not in the know, uh, he got in trouble because he suspended a girl because uh, she wasn't wearing a bra. And apparently she never wears a bra. And he was like, did you forget something today? And basically suspended her. And so the students had a big protest where they just didn't wear bras and it became national news. It was like on the front page of Yahoo. And the day before it became front page news, like, a, a, a woman I worked with was talking something about it. And um, actually a really entertaining story that I cannot tell <laughs> because it's not my story to tell, so I won't. But um, uh, maybe I can tell it without dropping her name. Fuck it. I'm going to tell it without dropping her name. So she was like getting an argument at a bar with a guy about it. And he was just like, fucking kids today need to cover up what they got. Like, what gives them the right to run around half naked? And she, like, got pissed off at him and, like, flipped off her shirt. And she wasn't wearing a bra. She, like, flipped off her shirt and shook in front of him and just walked out the door, like, stomped out the door. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, she was telling me about it. And I was like, that's pretty messed up. Because when you think about the brassiere, really, it's not, like, it may help some people, but it's really not for helping people. It's something that was invented to like keep women, you know, like keep their sexual desire, men's sexual desire towards women down. I really feel that way about the bra. Like it, it supports some people, but it doesn't support a lot of people. Like if you're like, if you're a smaller size, what good does a bra do for you? You know, like I don't think it does a lot of good for a lot of people. And it's kind of ridiculous that we make them wear that. It's like telling, boys like oh yeah you you know they they have to dress this way because you can't control yourself yeah you know what i mean and so i i had this conversation with raver and i was like you know if you wanted to go to school without a bra and you got suspended like you will not get in trouble at home like you know you'll have to face whatever at school but like you're not gonna deal with any like if you're going around topless that's a whole other story yeah but you have to you have to at least get dressed for school yeah (laughs) It's just a societal and I'm, I'm, I'm thing. I'm trying not to be like sexist about this, but the the fact that she has to wear a bra so boys don't get aroused, I don't 
Yeah, it's ridiculous. I don't fall behind that. Because that's the truth. When you break it down, that is why. Like, yeah. it, it, that really is the reason. And so I just thought that was ridiculous. And so. And besides, boys are going to be turned on by anything and yeah. everything. Dude, a light stiff fixtures. Breeze. Yeah, it's <laughs> light fixtures. <laughs> they could just get like a cherry sundae and just be staring at that cherry sundae dude yeah it's gonna be awful no matter what so like boys need to learn to control themselves like, yeah that's, that's really what i think should be the message but anyway so so we had this talk and then like I, the very next day i like flip on the internet and like Yahoo's front story, like the, oh the my big God, yeah. window, it's right there. I'm like, really? And then I was sitting there reading it about tennis. And I'm like, I had a conversation with him. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, wow. <laughs> Good luck with that, man. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, it's very entertaining for me just because like I have no dog in this fight other than just socially, you know? Yeah. I I like, I like the idea that everybody gets treated the same. So even if it doesn't happen, I like the idea of it. And so I like to push for it wherever I can. Although there's, I don't know what I can do outside of talk shit on a podcast. <laughs> it's not a whole lot I can do. Yeah. So I do what I can. But I'm no hero, Brandon. That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> no. <laughs> what was that? I was trying to think of what it was. I was watching something where the guy keeps going, I ain't no hero. Like over and over again. It's like, shut up, man. It's such a trope. Every time somebody's like, I ain't no hero. Like they're totally going to be the hero at the end. Will you call Deadpool the hero? Yeah. Well, that movie is, even though it's all his fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it totally is. Like it's I'm, I'm, look, dude, if I was dying of cancer, I would do stuff too. But then after that, he could have just let it go, gone back to his girlfriend, like dealt with his vanity. But like, instead he wanted to get his pretty good looks back. Yeah. So he like kills how many people just to get his looks back. <laughs> it's not because it's the right thing to do. No, it's totally <laughs> a selfish, vain thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, it is a very Deadpoolish reason. <laughs> <laughs> That's what makes that movie good. Uh, do you have anything else you want to bring up before we sign off? No, so I hit the two things I wanted to bring up. Are we getting a We Had a Good Life this week? Is this the, the 200? Yeah. The yeah. 25th is the 200. Yeah, we won't say why, but they saved the date for us, and Dub actually tipped it off to me, like why they were spacing it out. I thought they were just kind of getting lazy <laughs> towards the end in like missing weeks because uh, I'm not going to give anything away, but do listen to We Had a Good Life this week. Uh, I've heard rumors that it's going to be three hours plus. Like it's going to be a long podcast, so it's going to be worth your time. Uh, I, I know for a fact at least part of it will be worth your time, <laughs> but I'm sure it all will. They're really pulling out for 200. Um, I also want to plug the Alien Movie Project. They covered a, a movie this week that's near and dear to my heart, Mac and Me, because you just can't get enough of Alien. And product plays. Who, yeah, who love McDonald's. It's so funny. It's the first thing anybody says because that's what the entire movie is about. It's just one giant Coke and a smile. <laughs> you know what's funny about that? If you 
mention Mac and me, the first thing I go to on my head is the wheelchair scene they always <laughs> yeah. use. Paul Rudd always used on Conan O'Brien. It's mentioned. It's mentioned <laughs> in the podcast. <laughs> I did edit that, and I am telling you, it's definitely been mentioned, and I may or may not have dropped a clip of it. <laughs> <laughs> or three clips. You'll have to find out. Wait and see. It's either zero, one, or three. I'll give you that hint. <laughs> Take a guess. I'm guessing three. Okay, that's your guess. I'm not telling you. You have to listen. Oh, I'll be listening. <laughs> Anything else? I think we did our, our network justice here. Tune in next week. I don't know what the fuck we're going to talk about, but it'll be worth it. Yeah. And we're going to have a new Bigs on Film soon. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, do you want to do that in like... Uh, we'll talk about that on the porch. Yeah. Okay. So everybody, so stay tuned for it. Yeah, stay tuned. It's gonna be awesome. I will tell you what we're gonna do though. Uh, we are gonna do a, a bigs on film on Raiders of the Lost Ark. So if you dropped it from your feed, go ahead and put it back on. And I'll explain. I'll probably say this again on the podcast, but basically with bigs on film and i think i was sort of hedging apologies but i'm shooting for six a year that's what i'm shooting (laughs) for now i know i can't do more than six a year so i'm shooting for six a year (laughs) if i can get six of them a year it's a successful year so i've got about three more months to get for the season right to get two more episodes i think so i think i can do it six a year baby all right yeah one every two months so anyway montague skies take it easy this is kg and this is not safe for network that's the outro now (laughs) this is my life I don't actually have debates on my show. It's called That's Debatable, but I don't really have an affirmative or negative debate, really. It's not a win or loss kind of debate. The way that I've organized the show is to kind of try to talk about arguments um, as opposed to having any one argument in particular. I think talking about arguments is a fun way to have an argument. You're kind of arguing with people as opposed to necessarily against them. A Not Safe for Network podcast. Take that OD, you drink it down to the label. Yeah. You uh, get yourself a funnel from a gas station. <laughs> uh, you then pour sauce in up to where the, the malt liquor started. Fill her back up. Mm-hmm. So you got yourself a little bit of a buzz on it because you just drank about a third of a bottle of malt liquor. Put it inside yourself. Mm-hmm. Experience what we just had the absolute privilege of mm-hmm. experiencing in such a thickening. Yeah. I don't see any way that anyone's ever going to regret this. Yeah. We had a good life. When Wilford Brimley is telling you that that's what he's going to do, you're like, oh, wow, it must be aliens. It's totally because the mustache. Yeah, yeah, believe the mustache, because when he is in the thing and he is missing the mustache. Bad news. There's something about him that's not right, and the characters pick up on it right away and they lock him away. (laughs) You know, the plot suggests it's for other reasons, but he is a man that should have a mustache, and when he doesn't, it codes for strangeness. And just all around wrongness and weirdness. The Alien Movie Project. Hi, I'm Biggs. Check out my podcast, Biggs on Film, where I do insightful commentaries on films that you love. Uh, Gort the Robot, they call him Newt. Yeah, Newt. Like like he's uh, Norwe- like, Norwegian. Yeah, <laughs> he's mostly Norwegian. Mostly. The two fancy skeletons in the back are the worst. Dude. I know, they're the best. <laughs> like, it's no wonder they lost this battle. <laughs> That's a gross-looking punching bag. Dude. Oh, yeah, I'd that punching... i about getting Seminilla punching that bag. I think he might have given that punching bag salmonella well every now and then it's insightful find us on itunes